Thanks for tuning in to Replatform Podcast, sponsored by Attraps and Hypersonics and hosted by me, James Gerd. Um, a warm welcome if it's your first episode. We put a lot of time and effort into bringing you amazing guests and creating great content. Help us keep that that way, please, and keep it free. Refer us to other people in your network. Share our posts on LinkedIn and social media. And the best thing you can do to help us is rate our show on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you are listening and watching. It really helps boost our visibility. So let's introduce um, today's episode. This is really exciting. Been looking forward to this for a while. We are running a mini-series with the Amazing Women e-commerce community, uh, which was launched by Yopo in 2018, celebrate how women are leading and shaping the e-commerce industry. And today we're exploring the story of a really cool brand, so it's eco-friendly brand, Kind Laundry, and we're sitting down with co-founder Angie Tran, who's a 2023 um, AWI honoree, and we're also joined by her co-founder, Bernie. So this is going to be a really interesting uh, episode. And the overall topic is on growing an ethical brand on Shopify, using marketplaces, subscriptions, and app selection. Um, so Angie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm great. Thank, I'm really looking forward to this. I loved our discussion we had about a week or so ago. I understand a bit more about the business. You've got an exciting story. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, and also, welcome, Bernie. How are you, sir? I'm good. And uh, thanks for having us on the podcast here. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, do you want to both just, um, before I start asking you the questions, do you want to just give, give us um, a little flavor for, for who you are and what you do? And also, I guess, what, what your roles are as co-founders? Like, how do you split up the responsibilities? Yeah, so I'm Angie. I'm the co-founder of Kind Laundry alongside my husband, who's the other co-founder. And uh, my role is mostly operations, social media, and innovation. Um, how, and Bernard has his role too, which he'll talk more about, but, um, we do cross over quite a bit, but when it comes to coming up with a big idea or making the final decision, that's how we kind of split our roles. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Bernie, the other co-founder. Um, so with my role, I mainly handle anything that's sort of front end. So, um, social media, advertising, uh, branding. Uh, so anything that you see on the website, the packaging, uh, even down to the logo, uh, that's usually handled by myself. Um, and uh, But yeah, in the beginning, Angie and I wore pretty much all the hats. Uh, we both have marketing backgrounds. So it, in a way, we don't really complement each other <laughs> because we have the same skill sets. Uh, but I think as people, we then figured out where our strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, and then, you know, we just sort of assign uh, ourselves the roles and be leads on certain things uh so yeah that's how we sort of ended up with the roles that we have now cool yeah so what i always find the, the those um like evolutions interesting about how people decide where they focus because you're right uh, we can all do stuff it's what do we really what are we passionate about that we enjoyed it um so right ready for some questions so uh, angie let's start because you know you're the you're our first um uh, amazing woman e-commerce honoree on the podcast series so thank you very much uh, first of all, congrats for being an honoree this year. How does it feel? Thank you so much. Um, it's it's a, it's a great honor. I looked at the list and there are a lot of amazing women uh, across the industry in e-commerce there. And it was been such a great opportunity to connect to them and collaborate with them as well. So yeah, such a great experience. So out of interest, how, how did you come across it and what attracted you to the, the community in the first place? To be honest, I actually didn't know that um, there was this. Uh, one of my friends, one of our colleagues, I believe, nominated me. 
And then um, I got a alert in my inbox to fill in all the details. And then a couple months after, they announced that um, I made it to the list. Amazing. I think that's that's great. It's, this is half the thing. Is it? It's it's the people we know um, who are able to introduce us to other really cool yeah. and interesting people in the space. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know your personal journey, but also how the community develops. I think it's a fantastic thing. There's so many smart smart women out there doing amazing things in e-commerce. Um, so let's get into let's get into yeah. the uh, the story around Kind Laundry, and yeah, we're going to talk about some technology. We're going to talk about the, the brand as well. So, uh, so Angie, let's if you could start us off. Like, what what is the personal journey that, that you two have been through to to launch Kind Laundry as an e-commerce business? And I know that you're you're both entrepreneurs. You've you've launched and created other businesses. What has made this product and brand stick and make you want to continue with it? Yeah, so me and Bernard, um, as you know, we've we've actually had other ventures. Um, our first venture together was a healthy fast food restaurant, so the franchise. Um, quickly learned that the restaurant F and B industry was definitely not for us, but we tried and we learned a lot during that time, which is um how to build a team and just our resilience <laughs> and just operating twenty four seven at a restaurant. And then during that time, we actually dabbled into like e-commerce, more specifically the dropship model, um, because that was becoming a really big, like a popular model around 2017, 2018. And that's where we learned about Facebook advertising, um, marketing on social media and creating ads. Um, And then from there, we actually had other brands. Um, It ranged from beauty to supplements. I came across those brands and I genuinely really enjoyed it. But when it came to both of us enjoying working on that brand, it wasn't really resonating with Bernard. So it was a different energy, different vibe, different feel. Um, And throughout our journey, we were learning to become just healthier. We were really into like health and wellness. Um, And also at the restaurant side, you actually go through, especially a healthy fast food restaurant, you're going through a lot of plastic bags for like making salads, et cetera. So there's a lot of wastage as well. And and if one little restaurant was going through all, all that plastic bags, imagine millions of households and like other restaurants too. So we were trying to be more um, sustainable, be more conscious about what we're buying and how we're using products too. So we came across the product, um, Longitude Sheets. Um, I want to preface that it's not we did come up with the innovation. It has been around in Asia for like over a decade. I've, I used to live there, so I've seen it around. But it was in plastic packaging with a cute tray with a plastic tweezers, kind of unnecessary, the packaging. And the formulation wasn't so great. It had other fillers and ingredients that we wouldn't normally have in there. So um, I brought the concept to Bernard and it just clicked. Um, it had a zero waste sustainable aspect to it. It had a better for you component to it because ingredients are much better, at least how we want to reformulate it. And then we were going to repackage the entire experience so that it's recyclable. Attract, your complete product discovery growth engine. Create relevant shopping experiences that convert into sales and grow online revenue with personalized search, merchandising and recommendation solutions powered by AI. Find out more at attract.com. I love that. That's uh, it's really interesting that, that the pivoting to find the end product that 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 you are passionate about and bring those values to. Um, Bernie, I, I guess I mean that's a really nice intro to to how you got to this point. What's unique about the product? You know, um, from your positioning point of view, and and what values do you focus on 
as an ethical business? Yeah, I think in the beginning, as soon as we launched, I, we focus a lot on product education. It is a new format. Not a lot of people heard about it. Uh, so that first year, we really just focus on the environmental aspect of things. Uh, just letting people know that, um, you know, we can now eliminate a lot of these plastic jugs, plastic containers that traditionally liquids and powders come in. Uh, and then secondly, to also shed some light on uh, the toxic chemicals and the health aspect of it. Um, so I think the first year we we did just that. Uh, and as we were doing that, there was a lot more other brands that came in as well. Um, so we're all kind of sharing the same messaging. And our thought has always been that, you know, if this is, if this format is to stay, uh, for a long period of time, we got to differentiate ourselves even more moving forward and just not have that environmental message as our forefront. Uh, we need to differentiate ourselves a little bit more. So that's when we started working a little closer with our manufacturer as well, uh, to come up with better, uh, innovation. So one of those, uh, innovations is that we've always been inspired by personal care items, kind of like your shampoo, skincare, because um, we actually look at laundry detergent as almost like a personal care item. Um, but it seems like the cleaning industry looks at laundry detergent as like another floor cleaner, not another toilet cleaner, but it makes such close contact with your body. Um, so with that, we started looking at what the skincare industry is using in their ingredients and then we started incorporating some of those into ours as well uh, so we started to now shift sort of our messaging uh, to more like a personal care angle uh, and and just letting people know that you know it's going to be safe for you know the youngest person in the household to the oldest person in the household um, and slowly now moving to this year is you know how do we even connect more to our audience as well uh, to not make laundry such a boring and mundane chore? And how do you create sort of like this fun environment around laundry again? Uh, so yeah, I think moving forward for us, uh, brand our brand and also our product itself, the innovation, it's what's going to differentiate us. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, as a customer of yours and having as explained to you, I gradually transitioned into, I think it's really important that bit because you're, you're right, the personal care thing, like the skin, the skin relationship is so important, and I've had, you know, I've had uh, issues with my daughter in the past with sensitive skin and changing detergents. And you're right, mate, it's such an important thing, especially for like the, all the parents, not just parents, but anyone with a skin condition, those considerations. And if you can make that fun, amazing. Um, yeah, good luck with that that uh, that repositioning piece. Um, so let's let's dive into a bit of the technology now, because I'm really interested. I'm always interested in technology journeys that people go through when they launch in and scale in businesses. And Angie, you know, we, we talk about there are lots of e-commerce platforms out there for small businesses. Um, and you've gone for Shopify. What drew you to Shopify specifically? Ever since we started our e-commerce journey, um, Shopify has been the one platform that we kind of gravitate towards because of how easy they made everything was which is to like, you have a theme, <laughs> you put in your um, your products and then it's just easy to kind of like just update and navigate versus other products out there, which is like, this is five years ago. And since then, they drastically changed their platform to make it easier. Um, the custom support is great as well. So, um, and they're built for e-commerce. So they know that a lot of anyone that uses their, um, their platform, it's for checkout. So it's very fast 
like the whole entire journey experience for the customer. Um, it's great and it's very simple to use. Well, so was Shopify Payments one of the big decision makers for you, just having a, a, a fully integrated payment setup and not having to worry about selecting a payment provider? Oh, yeah, I guess we did think about that because we haven't built websites before Shopify. But I guess that's another thing that people had to deal with. It's just like coding the payment, connecting to like Stripe or PayPal, et cetera. But yeah, it, it integrates everything. So you don't really think about all the little small details. They take care of it. So it was a very like one hub platform. Yeah, it's what I hear from a lot of founders is is just the the simplicity. And no platform is perfect, but that ability to have a set of tools where you can just launch without having to involve lots of development research. And um, if I understand correctly, you're planning on moving from Shopify one to two point oh. Um, how what what's the reason behind that? Like, you know, what what benefits have you do you foresee that that will bring to you? Uh, I I think Shopify as a platform itself is moving towards, they're just putting more resources towards the 2.0, um, uh, uh, sort of the themes and development. Uh, and uh, it just has a lot more support in terms of like development tools, um, having more stability. It's a, it's a quicker website. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not a developer myself, uh, but how someone explained it to me, which I understood was that with Shopify 1.0, it works more like a, traditional website uh but then when you go to a 2.0 it works more like a web app so everything is a lot like snappier things load up quicker it's just a smoother user experience uh and it's also easier for developers to also work on as well um so we are sort of now in in that phase of uh you know just shifting our entire website over and uh at the same time just rebranding ourselves uh just giving us an excuse to to just really relook at our entire website um, from a UX perspective to a functional perspective. Um, so, yeah. And uh, I know you also sell on Amazon. I'm not sure who wants to take this question. Uh, you initially chose not to, but then you have gone, you've gone down that And we were talking before we start recording about some of the joys of Amazon when things don't go right. Um, and you spoke about, like, to me about the climate pledge being an important thing for you and that helped, like, persuade you. So can you talk us through, like, what, what brought you towards? Amazon as a channel and why did that climate pledge make you feel reassured that it was at the right time to do it yeah so when we launched we want to focus on one channel first and which is Shopify so creating a brand and experience but um, quickly as we grew an Amazon rep um, saw us on Instagram and they looked at her they assessed us as a brand and they reached out to us to launch on their platform and then they were still using packaging that's like in plastic before they fully moved over to the recyclable packaging. So it just didn't make sense because not only is our product zero waste, but everything that touches our product, including packaging, is sustainable and zero waste. So we make a very conscious effort to make sure that everything that we use could be recyclable. That's the whole point of Kind Laundry, to inspire people to be more um, eco-friendly. So. Um, there, so around a few months after they reached out to us, we we told uh, told them about our concern, how it just didn't really kind of align with our values, like the packaging. Amazon goes through so much too. They assured us and they told us that they actually moved over to the new packaging. So we bought the product, like a, a couple products on Amazon, and uh, sure enough, they did change over to the recyclable packaging. So it's confirmed. And then Climate Pledge was big because during that time too, which is two years ago, 
they're trying to push for more eco-friendly products to be on their platform as well. And we were one of the very few brands that um, they want to test out and bring on the platform. So what that means is that they just give you a dedicated team to launch on their platform and like special features, like they'll promote you on in newsletters, et cetera, as well. And everyone knows that um, launching on Amazon can be very intimidating because it's not just like having a listing. You, you have to have a full-on strategy. It's like where you get your reviews from, how you're going to get sales velocity. Like there's this called this is phase called honeymoon phase, where if you're a new listing, you want to tell Amazon, the algorithm, that you're getting traction so that they can rank you better. So um, things like that takes months to plan. It could take up to six, seven months to just get FBA ready, get the inventory in the warehouse ready to sell. But we were able to do it with Amazon team within like, I think, less than a month. Hypersonics helps e-commerce companies make more profit every day. This AI-driven platform delivers recommendations for pricing and inventory that lead to bigger profits. Visit hypersonics.ai forward slash podcast to get a free trial. Which is fast. <laughs> yeah, that, that is uh, yeah. unnaturally fast for, for Amazon as well. And you're right, the, the amount of money that people plow into the advertising side of Amazon's platform to boost sales velocity, to get the algorithm to rank them organically higher. Yeah. That's that's really interesting, and I love the fact that you you didn't just go right. We're going on Amazon because the market's there. That you waited until they were aligned with your values, um, because there's so much there's so much in the in the press now about even with plastic recycling, how much uh, micro um, pollution that's being created, and that it's been underestimated. So plastic reduction is huge. So that that's really I guess that must be important to your brand loyalists that you've continued those values through other parts of your supply chain. Um, um, and who's, I don't know who wants to answer this one as well. Cannibalization of sales, um, and everyone gets everyone's worried about this when you sell in marketplaces, is how much is incremental, how much is substitutional. I'd love to hear how you approach that, what your strategy is to protect your brand so you're not just shifting your direct-to-consumer out into Amazon Marketplace. Yes, yeah, yeah. so will we start? Oh, go ahead. Do you want me to take that? Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. Okay. It means everyone wants to answer the question. Uh, but you, but, I mean, both of you answer it um, um, after each other. That's great. Two different views. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, so, because we do run a lot of social media advertising, uh, you, you know, your traditional Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, um, we did notice that when we didn't have Amazon, we were getting a really good ROAS. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know ROAS, it's, it's, a, it's a KPI metric on social media, which stands for return on ad spend. Um, so our return on ad spend was pretty good. Um, you know, every dollar that we spend, I think we were seeing like a $2 back, like a 2x ROAS. Um, and that was before Amazon. Uh, and then after we launched on Amazon, we slowly see that decline. Um, and, and at that time, we still didn't put the two together yet because like at the same time, we launched during a time where um, uh, Apple updated their privacy policy. So iOS 14 came in. Um, there wasn't uh, tracking was all gone on, on the Facebook side. Um, so we thought it was just due to all the technicalities with the, with the privacy laws um, uh, or regulations. Uh, but then it was, I think it, maybe a year and a half in, we finally 
made the connection that, you know, uh, I think our Amazon sales is growing really, really fast. And then as we're adjusting budget on the social media side, we also see that Amazon sales fluctuate as well. Um, so that concluded for us that there's a lot of people that will see our ad on the social media side, but then they would go over to Amazon to make the purchase. Um, and, uh, a lot of people have prime membership. It's hard to beat their same day or next day shipping. Um, and, uh, so yeah, for us, we, we, we realize that Amazon is actually cannibalizing our Shopify sales, uh, in, in a pace that's, um, that's sort of concerning to us. So we've just, uh, I guess earlier this year, decided to look at Amazon as almost like Costco, uh, where it should have its own separate packout size, uh, its own separate uh, marketing strategy, uh, just to ensure that people are not buying the exact same product from one channel to, to the other uh, and having that direct comparison. Uh, so that is a strategy that we're currently working on just to treat Amazon like its own whole separate business. Uh, that's interesting. Yep. So, and another. Um, so I was just say, so almost like wholesale in a in a sense. But, um, yeah, sorry, Angie. Uh, what's your take on the Amazon piece then? Yeah. So another um, in terms of cannibalization, we're actually dealing. Our biggest challenge on the platform is when we started, there was like only a handful of brands that was selling laundry detergent sheets, but um, today there are hundreds. And including ones that look identical to our packaging and product, even the name, we have a scent called Ocean Breeze, which is a made up name. They're even using the scent Ocean Breeze, even though it doesn't smell the same because customers don't know what an Ocean Breeze smells like, right? But the issue is that not only are there hundreds of brands selling this type of product now, um, they are slashing the price by half. So the average price of the type of product is half the price. So how do you convince now when people are going to look for this type of product and we're, and we're the only ones, by the way, the only brand in the last year that has increased our price incrementally, but, and everyone else, including our top competitors, unfortunately has decreased their price. And everyone knows selling on Amazon is extremely expensive because you have seller fees, all these referral fees, picking, packing fee, all that stuff. So every 10 cents, 15 cents, even a dollar per unit if you do volume adds up. Um, so we just want to be mindful and and not play that price game because once you change your price, people get used to that and you're stuck. So we were very mindful not to do that. So we increased our price. Fortunately, it didn't impact our sales. So it was the same. So we, imp- we um, increased it incrementally over the, the year. But another thing that we don't tell customers is that it's not just increase in price for the sake of it. We have actually changed our formulation five times as well. Like we actually improved it over time. And the great thing is that if you go to the reviews, because the reviews are very public, a lot of people on our review page and other sites did say they've tried other brands on the platform. And of course, they tried the cheaper ones because the price is cheaper, but they always go back to our product or they actually like our product better because they feel, feel difference in the texture and performance. So that's what makes us happy to know that we not have the highest price, but like the highest quality in the market. I think that's so important because a lot of brands have realized this, that, that, that value is what drives people to shop with a brand, whereas price is what people shop for a commodity in a mass market retailer. 
and you've got to protect your product integrity. And and there's enough there's enough evidence out there that that yeah, you're right that you drop your price. A lot of these competitors who are just price driven and therefore aren't quality based and are just churning out stuff in a factory somewhere. They will have algorithms that will automatically monitor and then drop their price. So all you do is you race to the bottom and you screw your margins up, and then people start to question the quality of your product, and then you screw your brand. So I mean, I'm glad it's really nice to hear that you're you're focusing on the brand and the quality rather than just being the cheapest. So good good luck. Let's hope the consumers stay sensible to it. Um, let's. Um, I'm going to move on to subscriptions. If that's all right, so an area I find really interesting because it's. It's had a lot of growth over the last like three years in e-commerce generally, as people try and get people into more, um, you know, repeat purchasing habits, get better lifetime value out of their customers. And I know Angie, you said that you had some issues with subscriptions. You're moving. I think you're planning to move potentially to a new provider like Skio. Love you to know what what issues have you found with managing subscriptions on Shopify, and why are you uh, going to move to a new provider? What what will they give you? Oh. If you don't know audience. So as we're talking about we're talking about subscription, we had a huge glitch yesterday, and today I got a message that we have another big glitch today, which Bernard's going to take care of. Just FYI, Bernard. But um, the thing about so currently we are using Recharge, and um, I think everyone who's listening to this may have heard of it because they're one of the biggest subscription platform. And unfortunately, um, with subscription, people like to change, like their frequency, they like to change their products and all that stuff too. And it's very hard for the customer to remember their password and to go in to make these changes. It's not very intuitive. So 80% of our customer service email tickets or even chat is to help them update their subscription, which can be kind of um, frustrating for the customer, especially if they want to make one small change, plus other backend stuff that we had to deal with. So we're excited to move over to, there's two new platforms that are kind of in the market that we are finding a lot of e-commerce companies using right now. It's called Stay AI and Skio. Uh, we chose Skio because we knew the founder. We met him before. Love the branding. Um, and so one of the biggest feature right now that we learned is um, when someone tries to log into their platform, because as people shop more online and create accounts, it's really easy to forget your password. So all you have to do is click on a link, enter your email in or your number, your phone number, and it texts you a, a unique code to log in. So it's password list. So that's a huge feature that I think our customers would appreciate. And the second thing is surprise and delight. So part of subscription is, you know, these are your VIP customers. They're giving your credit card to subscribe over a long period of time to buy your products over and over again. So what are we doing to like surprise and delight them and give them gifts, et cetera. And that's hard to track back end with Excel sheet. There wasn't any platform, like we, we just didn't know how to go about it. So that's a big feature for CO2 that we haven't implemented yet, but we're very excited to do that with their team when we switch over as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan as well. Another client of mine has recently, although I don't think they've gone with them yet, they picked them out of the three they looked at. And, and you're saying the flexibility is one of the things. I also, one of the features I've found that's really useful is when people's card expiry dates change and then the subscription breaks, whereas it shouldn't because you can... Or, you, the integration with the um, the card issues can automatically uh, the payment um, gave it can automatically pass the updated expiry date through, and then the customer doesn't have to worry about it. It's really nice stuff happening to make that. Yeah, you're right to make the customer journey smooth. Um, let's get. I'm going to get into some more apps. So I don't know. Um, I don't know whether you you carry on, Angie, or whether Bernie. There's some of these will be for you, but 
I know that you said you, you're doing a lot of stuff with like influencers and looking at rewarding customers and commissions on referrals um, and referrals. We're seeing in the UK a lot as well, like referral marketing Stephanie come back in popularity as people are trying to extend the, uh, the, 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 the reach. Um, and I believe you selected, um, is it GoF Pro? Um, I might have got the name wrong, sorry. Can you talk us through how you're using it and uh, what impact you're seeing from it? Uh, yeah, so we, we we ended up using GoPro because it was very inexpensive for a small brand. I believe it's like $15 a month, but it's very easy to use. So what's great about it is that like anyone can use it. We noticed that like it wasn't just influencers that we're trying to partner with that is doing affiliate. It's actually our own customers. Um, because when we were looking at our Instagram, we noticed that a lot of actual customers were like talking about how they received our product and like the whole process of the product and how they love it. So um, we promote it in our email blast, like it's a kind of like a flow to join our affiliate program. And I would say half of the list is our customers and the other half are influencers that we work with, um, which is kind of interesting. And yeah, and so like if anytime anyone promotes the product to their friends or family, they get a 20% cut. We actually increase it to 20%. On average, the industry does 10 to 15%. We just thought that because if they're going to, promote us and add advertising costs so much money anyways 20 percent is definitely like to us a no-brainer to give to our affiliate plus they get their whoever uh, purchased the product will get a discount on top of that as well so that's how it works and uh, how much in, uh, is it early days for using this or you've seen already quite a bit of impact in terms of those referrals driving uh, new people to the site yeah, so we are, we're not as practiced as we should with it, as in terms of promoting it more, but we will be trying to include into your email flows more to our current existing customers. Because if you think about your top customers who love your brand, they may not know about it. It's kind of hidden somewhere on the website. So we're, we're relaunching a new website to promote it more and also to like let them know by email. But uh, we do look at the analytics every single month and we do a few thousand dollars a month without a lot of like pushing. So I think it's like, it adds up for us. So definitely a huge opportunity to grow there as well. Yeah, I'm intrigued because I've seen a few of my uh, clients where they've introduced referrals and the lifetime value of the referral customers is higher than average because they're more bought into the brand because it's come from somebody they know and trust saying you should shop with them. It doesn't always hold true, but I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be intrigued to, to to pick up the conversation 12 months and find out um, how those referral customers, hopefully they, they turn out to be really loyal customers and shop with you direct and don't go off to Amazon. Um, you also referenced when we, we chatted previously, you referenced Tolstoy as an app you're using to do like targeted pop-ups, do things like promote founder videos. That I found really interesting because as a, as a brand on your own site, the content and that experience you can give people adds a point of uniqueness to what a marketplace like Amazon gives. So can you explain like, how what Toy Story is, how you're using it, and what made you decide this was a good thing for you? Yeah, Tolstoy is basically a FAQ pop-up video. So if you have any questions about like how the product works, um or or uh you know, do you offer samples, like whatever case maybe, like are your most frequently asked questions. Uh, a video pops up, which would be either Angie or myself uh, answering those questions on video. Uh, and this idea came up just because we were doing a lot of trade shows, uh, a lot of like demos within grocery stores. 
Uh, and we find out we're constantly getting the same questions, like what is a detergent sheet? How do you use it? Because uh, people are still thinking like it works like a dryer sheet. So when you put something in, you have something to take back out. Um, and we're just constantly getting these same questions. And we understand that because like we, we know since that first year, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it was a, a lot of education that needs to be involved. Uh, and we thought, why not? You know, what's a better way to do education than to do a video, which is a, a quick and easy way to explain it. You can see visuals uh, as we're explaining the concept as well, rather than just having people read it. Um, so we thought that, you know, having video uh, on our website is just a very interactive way for our customers to, first of all, to know who the people are uh, behind a brand. Uh, you know, there's there's a face to a brand, you know, we're not hiding behind it. Uh, and then secondly, just to do it in a very fun and entertaining way uh, to answer their questions. Um, so, yeah, that's why we chose Toast Toy. Yeah, I love that. And, and video content is underrated um, or underused, actually. So many people add like a product video, but thinking about people driven videos to give people useful and helpful information because we face it as humans we trust uh, you know when we're engaging with someone we listen more intensively than if it's just a load of text on a page where often we give up halfway through um interesting i hope that works out uh, well i know that's great and thank you because you've alerted me to and I, i've not heard of that one before there are so many apps in the shopify ecosystem these days um and which leads me on to my next question which is you know You've talked about lots of different apps that you're using, which is you know, one of the great advantages of Shopify's ecosystem. You can quickly plug and play things with with minimal development or integration effort to give you key functionality. What's your approach when you're reviewing and selecting an app? Because there's so much choice. How do you how do you make sure you're making the right decision for your business? Is it just trial and error, or do you have a process that works where you're able to screen out things that just won't be relevant? Uh, I think honestly, majority of the time is, is trial and error. Um, I think as we're growing as a business and people now want to work more and more with us, um, for example, now we've been talking to a consultant and, and she has actually recommended her tech stack to us. Um, but for the first chunk of our, our, our years operating, it's all trial and error. Uh, but during that phase, what we do look for, though, is uh, if, if there's a free trial period, and that's that's our main thing, at least a 14 day free trial uh, just to, you know, install it, play around with it, just to make sure it functions the way that we were imagining it. Uh, and if it doesn't, then, you know, you can just simply delete it and then sort of try the, the next one. Um, and then afterwards, it's also then, you know, once you uh, once it actually uh, installs properly and works the way you think, uh, constantly monitoring the app as well because obviously there is a subscription fee to it uh and then it comes down to like you know does this actually even at least break even that subscription fee uh because it has to make also business sense for us as well um and if it doesn't what's going you know what's wrong with it can we make improvements to it then you reach out to the developers of the app to see if you can make any customizations to it uh or what the limitations are uh, and to us, that's also a very important aspect of it is like how responsive is the development team on the other side um, responding to us? Uh, is there a chat function? Are they quick to respond to emails? Because um, oftentimes things do go wrong on a website and you just need someone uh, right there and then to just help you diagnose a lot of things. Um, and then the last piece is really just to make sure that our developer uh, internally is also comfortable working with the app. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of our approach for, you know, the last two years, uh, but now more, more so, uh, an example, like with Toast Toy, 
Uh, I also never heard of it before, uh, but it was someone that has worked with many, many big brands uh, on Shopify that has recommended it. Um, and, and now we're just listening more and more to people's tech stack uh, recommendations. Yeah, this is why I love this podcast. And when me and Paul launched it in well, it was 2019, end of 2019, one of our key things was, do you know what? We want to share stories about how people are using tech, how they're selecting tools, which tools they're using, because everyone out there has a different approach. And if five people listen and go, oh, wow, that, that's relevant for me, then that's great. We've added value to their, to their day, which is great. So thank you for sharing. And um, brings me to my um, to my final question. And I guess let, let, let's let's get you both to answer it. So Bernie, if you want to go first, and then we can finish uh, with you, Andy, is what's your advice for other businesses like you, other you know, startup founder brands that are growing? using Shopify, like what, what issues should they think about? Um, and you know, what's the value of a development score? How much could you, do you think people could do in house versus actually you should get a developer because this will help you. So what, what's your take first Bernie on this like advice for other people? Um, uh, my advice to going for Shopify versus any other platform, I would just say go right ahead and go for it. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, e-commerce business owners are, are still kind of cross-shopping between a few of them. Uh, I, in our experience, uh, Shopify has one of the most supported network of, of apps out there. Um, if you're looking for developers, I would say 95% of them know how to use Shopify. So it's, it's, it's a very, very familiar platform to a lot of developers. Um, and, and it's just such a seasoned platform. You don't have to worry about payment gateways, uh, things breaking down. Um, you know, there's always support, uh, whether through Shopify itself, through the, 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 uh, the apps itself. And, you know, again, just developers knowing how to use it. Um, so I think it's, it's a fairly, um, you know, user-friendly platform at this point, uh, versus when we started using it back in 2016, uh, just the themes itself is also very to use as well. So. Um, you know, I personally very highly recommend for people to use Shopify, uh, as their, as their main uh, platform, um, in terms of limitations or things, uh, to, for workarounds, uh, you know, we're experiencing ourselves, but for anybody that's still on that Shopify 1.0, definitely highly recommend it move over to 2.0. Uh, it is a much easier, uh, platform to, uh, to update, to maintain, um, and, uh, and I think more and more, even with apps in the future, they're probably going to start, uh, you know, uh, omitting the 1.0 um, uh, platform itself. And, and it's just going to work just towards the 2.0. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's just my, that's my take on it. Um, another thing for us is that in the beginning, we did everything ourselves. Um, Shopify has evolved over time. They're always improving their product. So we would say we highly recommend just using a free theme because if you have great photography, et cetera, a free theme can look uh, or a simple theme can look quite nice for a website and just go on the back end and play with it. So like adding products, deleting products, updating SKU, pricing, tagging, um, because once you get familiar with it, it's so easy, but you have to go in and do it yourself so that over time when you want to add more elements or for instance, we're at a stage where we're actually revamping our entire website. When you're working with developers and designers to build out more, I would say, robust website or you have more SKUs, then you know what to look out for and you know how to direct them in terms of user experience because it's not just the front end of what's going to look like, like someone on your team or yourself will have to go on the back end to update certain things too. So just knowing, you know, at least the basics 
would be very helpful. So you don't have to pay a lot of money for someone to make minor updates for you. <laughs> yeah, it's good advice. And, and, and you can set up free, um, like with most platforms, you can set up free um, like demo stores and play around when it's well worth doing. So um, out of interest, how, much, how fast growing is your UK sales at the moment? Like, what is it a small percentage of your, I'm assuming it's a small percentage at the moment or um, what you see in? It is a small percentage at the moment, um, but so we don't sell internationally. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. We, we don't sell to every single country, um, but UK is one of those countries that uh, we, do, we do have offer um, shipping to. Uh, same with Australia, uh, of course, here in Canada and in the US. Um, but, uh, you know, for us, we're still trying to figure out, um, because we also do wholesale as well, um, but just to figure out our logistics, uh, you know, shipping outside of North America is still not the, the fastest for us. And again, now with Amazon just everywhere, it's very hard to compete with that one day shipment shipping time. And then until we find a carrier that can like at least offer us a, you know, kind of like a two, three day delivery time to some of these countries, uh, to us, it is a still a little hard to compete, but we, we do open it up to UK customers. We don't have uh, advertise heavily to the UK though. Uh, at least not for the moment until, you know, we're comfortable with that um, logistics arm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's a great market. We all always get inquiries. Um, we just think that uh, especially in, in the EU countries, um, you know, environmental regulations, it's, it's a lot more strict, um, you know, arguably probably one of the best <laughs> in the world. Uh, so there is a lot of interest in our product as well. Um, so yeah, we constantly get inquiries and, and, and people that want to distribute our product as well. Um, so it is, it is a market that we're, we're looking very, very closely at. Um, and of course UK would be probably one of those countries that we would open up to first, uh, oh, you know, once cool. we, once we're ready to explore it. Yeah, we're ready for it in the UK. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to count. I'm definitely going to count. I've told loads of people about it. It's also reminded me, I need to set up my subscription because I, I bought them initially as one-off, so I need to get a subscription to save myself any effort because I am a lazy human being. Um, if you ever find yourselves over in the UK, if you're doing an expansion, drop us a line. We'd love to meet up and, and chat. And in the meantime, look, thanks for coming on the podcast. Love talking to you. Love the story. Love the brand. It's a really cool product. And I can definitely attest to the quality of it. I've used it. It works brilliantly. The clothes, uh, the bed sheets and towels come out smelling good. Um uh, it's really good for the skin and it's great for the environment. So it's a win on all, all levels. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And and also thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, keep an ear open for the next Amazing Women in E-commerce series episode. We've we've got Sarah Valal, who's the e-commerce product manager at Kukai. It lands next Tuesday. And if you're out there, you're a woman working in e-commerce and you're interested in the community, go to the website. We'll put a link on the episode landing pages on the replatform website there's also a link in the top saying the Aoi series go in there you'll find the links do join up it's an amazing community it's got a vibrant slack channel they're doing some very cool things you'll meet a lot of uh, incredibly interesting and smart people um uh, but don't forget before you go to give us that rating on apple spotify youtube or wherever else you're listening thank you very much For more information on this topic, head over to replatform.fm for our audio podcasts. To discuss a project, or if you'd like to chat about any of the topics covered in this episode in more detail, please reach out to myself, James Gerd, or my co-host, Paul Rogers, via LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and keep your ears peeled for the next episode.